The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. And happy again to be working with Eric Ryder, who is at the board. He's our producer and helps us stay in our lane. Today, we are going to visit at least a few of the auto museums, car shrines, I like to call them, in the Yankee States, New England. There is so much there, more than I thought there would be when I started to research this topic a little bit. And when it came time to pick a guest, who better than Mark Green, our buddy who is so tapped into automotive culture and is the paragon of car enthusiasts. I don't think that's an exaggeration. We can't wait to visit once again with Mark Green. Before that, however, we have some people that would like to talk to you. Give us just a couple of minutes. This is American Road Trip Talk, and the interview is coming right up. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. If you've given travel the green light, then hit the road to Bowling Green, Kentucky, the home of Corvette. From high-speed attractions like the National Corvette Museum and Beach Bend Park to outdoor favorites like Lost River Cave and Zipline or family-owned farms and wineries, Bowling Green is geared for fun. Just be sure not to try and fill up at the historic Standard Oil Station in the downtown district. Request your free guide and start planning today at visitbgky.com. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome once again to American Road Trip Talk. Mark Green is the producer and host of the Cars Yeah! podcast. His is a five-day-a-week show where he conducts interviews with the goal of inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark interviews successful entrepreneurs and other stars of car culture who have discovered how to work, play, and have fun with their passion for everything automotive. I don't know how many times he's on. Never enough. We always like to talk to our buddy, Mark Green. Mark, welcome back to the show. Gary and Eric, our trusted co-pilot here, keeping us in the lanes, as you say. Uh, thanks for having me back to Trip Talk, and happy summer to everybody listening out there. Two more days, and it's officially here, but it's beautiful in the Northwest here, so I'm going to say summer is here. Things are opening up, and it's time for all of us to hit the road and see this wonderful country of ours. Well said, and as we are opening up the, the pandemic, it, it still has this amorphous quality to me, Mark, and I'm not. we hear about variants so forth, and we need to be properly concerned, but people are getting out there, 
And I think they're going to choose in droves to drive because for one thing, with the pent up demand, what I'm finding is that it's getting harder and harder to get an affordable plane ticket. Yes, absolutely. Or even to buy a motorhome or a truck uh, because of the chip supply problem. And so uh, we're seeing all these things come to fruition, but things are freeing up. And uh, a lot of my friends and a lot of my guests on the Cars Yeah podcast are just biting to get out in their cars, trucks, RVs, boats, airplanes, whatever, and get out and see some things. With this kind of enthusiasm, it's creating even more opportunities for you, Mark. I thought you were a busy guy already, but you're going to expand <laughs> your media presence. Tell us about that. I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. Yes, I'm going to be uh, co-hosting and producing a an additional podcast, as if I don't have enough to do already, uh, with uh, Craig Jackson from the famous and biggest auction house, Barrett Jackson Auctions. We're going to be starting a podcast, weekly podcast with him, where we're going to be focusing in on the auction world, going to auctions, buying cars, selling cars. So I'm very excited about that coming up very soon. Well, kudos to you. I'm sure that will be another successful venture. Thank you. Mark, if, if uh, you and I were to hop in a car, and wouldn't that be fun? I don't know about you so much, but I'd have a blast. If we were going <laughs> to we have a nor'easter blast and head toward upstate New York and then the New England states, there is more to see there for automotive enthusiasts than I would have guessed. Right. And so here we are having this opportunity to at least do a brief survey of them and get people excited about the idea of visiting these great places, these car shrines, as I call them. Why don't we start with the smallest state of them all, but packed with tons of beauty and plenty of opportunities to soak up culture, including car culture, and that's Rhode Island. Mm. I, I take it the name Audrain rings pretty uh, hallowed in a way with people there who understand the meaning of uh, the man, the mission he's on, and what he created in his museum. Audrain Automobile Museum is in Providence. My son went to college in Providence, Rhode Island, and I'd never been there before. And when I went with my wife, part of the thing you have to do there, in fact, my sister is there today, is go and visit all the mansions because this is where all the wealthy New Yorkers and East Coasters would build their summer cottages. Now, these cottages, I'm joking because they call them cottages, but these things were 10 to 15 to 20 thousand square foot mansions. I think they're all trying to outdo each other. And Audrain, the reason I have a great relationship with them is I've had their new, rather new CEO, uh, Donald Osborne. And if anybody listening who's a car person knows Donald from his days with Sports Car Market Magazine, their TV show and their magazine. Well, he was uh, recruited to go and run the Audrain Automobile Museum and also start a Concours event, a rally, a tour. They have a new magazine called Linkage, which is very cool. In fact, if you go to the website, you can get 10 bucks off using Cars yeah, as your code. So there's a little plug for them. Audrain is a beautiful place. They put their, their museum in a very old historic building. It's just spectacular. They have drives. The, the Concours is coming up September 30th through October 3rd. It's a big three-day event. You can learn more at their website, of course, Audrain Automobile Museum, but it's absolutely spectacular. And Donald has done an incredible job to make this uh, a very much a destination venue for people who are going to that part of, the, of our great country. In fact, that particular museum boasts, rather ironically, I think, that they're more of an art museum than a car <laughs> museum. Yes, absolutely. There is a lot of art there as well but they have some incredible automobiles on display. 
And, and because it's such a tourist destination, it's a great part of your trip. You can spend a half day or if you were there with me, you'd spend all day in the museum. I'm sure my wife would be, aren't we going to do anything else? What about the lobster rolls? But uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful venue and really worth going to and checking out. And Donald, of course, is a very, very interesting man. He was an opera singer. I mean, he's done so many things in his life and they actually have on their website and their YouTube page, they put out these YouTube videos. Donald has teamed up with a guy that any car guy or car gal knows. His name's Jay, Jay Leno. And they do these videos that you can go and watch that are really fascinating. And what they do is they take you to these mansions they put a couple of cars in front of them, one period correct to the mansion, another one more current car. When I say more current, I'm talking 50s, 60s, 70s, because a lot of these were built back 100 plus years ago. And it's a wonderful video to watch to kind of learn about the history of the building and learn about the history of the automobile. And more importantly, the impact the automobile had on the country back in the day. That's the interesting historic part of what's going on here. People could actually move around when the cars came out, right? 1902, uh, that was about the time that the car is kind of really coming on, on strong. And when we speak of Rhode Island and you bring up Jay Leno, who is a favorite among car enthusiasts, as well as uh, aficionados of good comedy for that matter. Yes. There is a story. It's, it's become pretty famous, though you made me aware of it, I have to admit. And I thank you for that. I'd like you to share it with our listeners. Jay Leno and a mansion in Rhode Island. Yes, this is a hilarious story. Back in 2017, Jay and his wife Mavis, and they've been married, for, I think, for 40 years. He's been married to this woman for a long time. They thought, let's go to Newport, Rhode Island. We'll go visit Donald in his new role there with Audrain, and we'll take a little drive along the coast and look at all the mansions that the, the barons built. And they drove by one that was called Seafair, and Mavis looked out the window and said, well, that's cute. I'd like to live there. So Jay, with the means, turns his car around, goes back, walks up to the gate because it's out on this little, almost like an island, a peninsula, knocks on the bell, and the caretaker comes out. He says, yes, may I help you? And he says, yeah, where's uh, the house for sale? And the man kind of looks at him and goes, are you Jay Leno? He goes, yes. He goes, let me call the owner. Long story short, they ended up getting invited in. They get a full tour. And guess what? Jay decided, you know, it's a nice little mansion, 15,861 square feet. It's a Louis XIV inspired chateau is really what it is. And you can look this up and Google it. You'll see pictures and videos. I wrote a little check for about, they say, around $13.5 And boom, they had themselves a house. And when they got it, he said, you know, this would take forever to furnish. Can you just sell it to us with all the furniture? Sure. Why not? So when you're Jay Leno window shopping in Newport, Rhode Island uh, can lead to some very expensive purchases. So I think it has a six car garage, which won't come close to housing his 199 cars and 168 motorcycles, but he could park a few there. So when he heads out to the East coast in the summer to enjoy that part of the world, he can have some fun, but it's a fun story. Thank goodness Jay Leno, he preserves these cars. He displays these cars. He has a great YouTube page where you can go and watch his YouTube show and a TV show. Uh, you know, it's great that he's done this. And uh, the, the house itself, oh, my gosh, it's incredible. So fun little story. It definitely is. Two things come to mind. First of all, never call Jay Leno a looky-loo. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
man, when he sees something he likes, he puts down the cash. That's incredible. And also, if he's got 199 vehicles, he must be itching to find just the right car to be number 200. <laughs> well, I would imagine that by the time I read that number, it's probably escalated from there. Sometimes when people ask him how many cars and motorcycles he has, I think he doesn't really even know uh, when you have things that big. He has a place out in uh, Los Angeles called the Big Dog Garage where he keeps most of his cars. He has a staff that works on these vehicles. One of my favorite quotes from Jay Leno was, I buy 100-point cars. Now, a 100-point car is like a perfect Concours-level car. I drive them down to 50 points, and then I restore them back up to 100. He uses his cars. He has the means to do that. A lot of people buy perfect cars, and sadly, they never take them out. They never enjoy them because they're too afraid to get a little scratch on them. Jay drives his stuff and enjoys his stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's having fun with cars, that's for sure. What a great way to live. That yes. is just excellent. <laughs> yeah, living your dream. I did not want this interview to end, so I'd better introduce it now. Saratoga Auto Museum. Now we're talking about New York State. Not yes. exactly New England, kind of sort of Northeast for sure. Saratoga Auto Museum. Lots to see there. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I had their president, Bill Windham, as a guest on my show, and I, I've had many, many museum directors and curators on cars. Yeah, if you go to my website, you can tap on the resources button and go down to the con or the museum box and see all of them. I've interviewed people from all over the world. Saratoga is an interesting museum, and it's absolutely beautiful, but I just did an interview. It'll be coming out next week with an architect from New York, a Manhattan architect, a very successful man, been, been an architect for decades. His name is Stephen Harris, and he sits on the board at the Saratoga Auto Museum. Many of these museums have board members that are very prominent in the, the car world, but also in other parts of industry. And he loves Porsches. He's been collecting them for decades. And so he decided, or they decided to put 16, he has many more than 16, but 16 of his very rare cars on display there. It's titled Rare Air, and that's a play on words because these are all air-cooled Porsches. Uh, before, I believe it was 1994, all the Porsches were air-cooled and then they went to being water-cooled cars. But he has, in the world of Porsche-dom, some holy grail vehicles and they've got them all on display. I think they're going to be there through Labor Day and then they're going to bring some RS race cars into the museum. But Saratoga is another one of those beautiful museums along with, and like you said at the beginning, I looked up how many museums there were in the New England area. I think you and I were speaking the other day, we must have found about 10 to 15 of these things. So yes. check out Saratoga. They have a beautiful website you can go. And I wanted to let the listeners know, if you can't get out to these museums, most of them have beautiful websites. You can They have live tours. And because of COVID, they created these videos where they take you through their museums. They're leaving those up because they realize, hmm might be a way to entice people to eventually get here, but you can go and enjoy these museums on their websites and, and see some of the cars that they have. But there's a, there's a lot of different museums. I believe when you and I were talking, we even found some that had uh, the Owl's Head Transportation Museum has airplanes in it. Uh, some of them have tractors and trains and there's so much to see, not enough time. Oh, that's for sure. As is ever the case. And Owl's Head Transportation Museum, that is in the state of Maine. 
I believe so. Yeah. And uh, again, if you just Google New England car museums, they will all pop up at the top of the page. Uh, you'll see the Newport Car Museum. There's the Lars Anderson, the Toad Hall. Uh, they've been on my show. Uh, that's a, a gentleman who has some very unique cars. Uh, Audrain, we mentioned, uh, North East Motorsports Museum, uh, it, Stanley Auto Museum. I mean, these things are places that I, I've never heard of these places. And you start investigating them and you think, well, if I'm going to be traveling, why not stop in and see some history? Because the motor car, of course, plays such a strong piece in the history of this country. It does, Mark. And I've also found that in researching this a little bit, it doesn't take long before you see that the curators of these museums have history in mind. They celebrate the machine age, but also the history that was being made in America socially as well. Women's rights, their civil rights, the various aspects of American life, all of which depended for increasing transportation options and even the transport of foodstuffs, all the essentials of life oh, gosh. being traced to the growth of the automotive industry. You know, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned women because if you go back and look in history, the first road trip taken on this planet in a motor car was by a woman. Her last name was Benz. Bertha Benz. Her husband was a guy who was the founder of the Mercedes, eventually became the Mercedes-Benz car company. But she uh, borrowed, he didn't know she was going to do this, jumped in his car, grabbed a son, and they went on the first drive. They actually had to stop and fuel up. There were no gas tanks, so they had to go into a, I think it was a, um, oh, probably a medicine lab or something, a place people would go to get medicine and they got some liquid and dumped it in and she was able to get back home. The story goes that broke down and she used a hairpin to, to fix something. So when you think about it, women have played a key part in the automotive sector since the first cross, not cross country. I think she was, she went 111 miles. I think that's the way the story goes, but it's quite an amazing story. Um, I love pushing women on my show because women are playing more and more of a key part. I have a whole category, over 300 women that I've interviewed. More and more women are coming into the automotive sector, which I think is fantastic. And you also mentioned something interesting, and that's food. You used to think, we used to, years ago, we used to only be able to eat food that came within a certain distance because it would spoil. There was no way to get it here quick enough, no way to refrigerate it. The automobile, the truck, and the refrigeration of food goods have opened the world up to us having blueberries from uh, South America and fish from uh, the Hawaiian Islands and, and, and things from all over the world. Maine. Lobster, there you go. I'm glad you glad you pushed that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. It, it is true. It's, it just opened up the country. Yes. There, I was reading something a couple of days ago about in Thomas Jefferson's day, if you got into the horse and buggy, if you were to go to uh, D.C. from where he was in Virginia, there uh, Monticello, it would take you days. You would plan it the way uh, generations later would plan a railroad trip. Yes. And who could imagine that you could have uh, 200 or more people in an airplane that would get you there in virtually no time by comparison? This Absolutely. is racing ahead of technology all the time. It is. I have a quick little trivia thing. Do we have one minute? Sure. Do you know where the term dashboard came from? I do not. Well, back in the day before automobiles, a dash was the uh, gatherings of what the horse would drop as it would pull your carriages around. And of course, they had bags on the backs of these horses to gather the dash and they would just toss it aside. Well, when automobiles came along, 
the engines were not in the front. Many of them were in the middle of the car or in the back. And they realized that when these cars were driving, these horse and buggy guys would throw the dash back at the cars coming at them. So they created what they called a dashboard to deflect the dash off of the car so it didn't hit the driver and the passenger in the face. So there's a little trivia for you of where the term dashboard came from. Never heard that in my life. <laughs> that, that's even better than the uh, the, the pronged uh, frontages of uh, the, the uh, locomotives with their cow catchers as they came to be known. Yes, I was afraid you were going to mention the Dagmars, but I'm not sure we want to go there for the cars from the 50s. We're <laughs> already into it, so tell us. <laughs> the cars from the 50s, of course, were very flamboyant, and many of them had uh, bumpers that had these pointy aspirate. what do I call them? These pointy things that would be mounted on the bumper and that would come out that very much mimicked the bras that were women were wearing of the day and a slang term for that part of a woman's anatomy was the Dagmar. So therefore the cars had Dagmars. I'm just full of all sorts of dash information here. <laughs> well, you do a five day a week show. You've got to collect some information. <laughs> I listen. I'm a good listener. That's for sure. But yes, the Dagmars, the dashes, you learn all sorts of interesting things when you talk to people from all over the world. I want to go into a specific place that that is fascinating to me. It's unique in more than one way. I am thinking of Toad Hall, a classic sports car collection at the Simmons Homestead Inn. This is in Hyannis, Massachusetts. So we're talking Cape Cod. We're talking about a famous part of a famous state. And there is Toad Hall. I look at this website of theirs and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to give away any of the story. Tell us about Toad Hall. You talked to somebody recently on your show? Well, not recently, but one of the things about the Toad Hall is they're all red cars, which is quite interesting. Like, okay, red cars, that's kind of fun. Uh, but it started out with um, Toad Hall was kind of a, it was a few sports cars being housed in a shed. Uh, and you mentioned the Simmons Homestead Inn in Hyannisport. And this happens with many collectors, and I've had many very high-end collectors on the show. Fred Simeon comes to mind, has an incredible collection. Uh, there's some people in California that have collections that are over the top. And we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars worth of automobiles. But as they start to collect these cars, they go, you know, I've got so many cars. Is there any way I can share these with people and start a little museum? Most museums don't make a lot of money, so they're not really big money makers, but it's a way to maybe uh, use it as a tax advantage somehow or turn it into a, a charitable type organization where they raise money for other people. But yeah, that's one of the things you'll find when you go into the Toad Hall Museum. Uh, they're all red, but there's over 50 classic sports car There's A lot of English, Japanese, European cars thrown in. Uh, some interesting things, some things that maybe most people will go, what is that? I've never seen that thing before. And that's the fun thing about these museums, these smaller museums. They will have vehicles in there that you've never seen. You can learn about them. They typically have docents or the people working there that can tell you the histories. Some cars have some fascinating histories. And you'll go, wow, never knew that about a car, just like I never knew where the word dashboard came from. And when we decide that we want to go and make that, that vaunted road trip, that could be the trip of a lifetime for some car freaks. And, and that is not to put down anybody. I mean, sometimes you're just a car freak. <laughs> 
You're an automotive enthusiast. We'll, we'll say enthusiast. Yeah. Fanatic enthusiast. Uh, but yeah, sometimes people do think we're a little freaky because this is something <laughs> that we love so much. But really, when you think about the impact that the automobile in motion has had on the world, it's absolutely phenomenal. It has changed so many things for the better. And the fact that cars now are becoming more and more clean. We're talking about, I just had guests on my show from a company in Italy, Automobili Estrema, and they're building what's called a Fulmia, the first full, fully electric hypercar supercar. We're talking about a $2 million hypercar, which typically you think has 800, 1,000 horsepower with a gasoline engine. This is going to be all new battery technology. So even that segment of the automotive sector is going into the clean car arena with uh, battery uh, transportation. And we all know that batteries create instant on power. So the acceleration is mind boggling. If you want to go and see anything from a prototype of, of what you just described there to going to museums state by state, as a practical matter, Mark, do you recommend that people, not only, I mean, you want to write these things down, that much is obvious, but are there associations, are there clubs that you can join so that you would get, for example, discounted admission there and perhaps a discount on food and beverage at various of these museums through some kind of association? I always say that if you have interest in automobiles, join a car club, either in your region or nationally. They have both. And by doing that and then joining, say, their Facebook groups or their Instagram groups, you can start to communicate with people very easily. One of the things you'll learn about the automotive industry is people will take the time to share things with you. It's unlike, I believe, any other professional industry in the world. I've had people step out of executive meetings to take my call if I'm going to talk about cars with them. So yes, uh, go to car clubs and there are car clubs all over the world. You can join them, reach out to people, and then they can turn you on to special discounts or access and certain things. We have a local car club here called Exotics at Redmond Town Center and our local museum, the LeMay Museum, was handing out two for one coupons two weeks ago when I took my car there to display it with all the other cars. So there's all sorts of opportunities, but you've got to reach out. You've got to communicate, open yourself up to being a part of this, but you will have new friends and you'll learn things you never knew about cars. And you might even fall in love with one and end up buying one. And in the meantime, I encourage everyone to listen to the Cars Yeah podcast starring Mark Green, interviewer in chief. <laughs> Where can people tune in? Just go to carsyeah.com. That's carsyeah.com. If you go to my website and click on the free book button, I'll send you my free filler up book. It'll subscribe you to my weekly blog. My blog this week was about my grandparents uh, who uh, were farmers in Texas. And uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm everywhere. So check out Cars Yeah. And you can listen to the podcast by subscribing and it will come right to any mobile device. I'm on, I think, over 30 different podcast apps now. So Cars Yeah, check it out. Beautiful. Thank you, Mark Green. We will do this again, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Happy summer, everybody. Be safe out there. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phones. Well said. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Tommy and Tommy. Yeah, Tommy, my buddy Tommy, Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. 